We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's see. We got Darius P with a question. At this point, do you see any five-star committing to Oregon? Um, well, at this point, it looks like Oregon's best chance at a five-star could very well be Aiden Breland, since it does, in fact, look like Brandon Baker, five-star offensive tackle, number one offensive tackle in the country, is trending towards Texas. So I, I wouldn't count it out. We still got a lot of time between now and the early signing period in December. And then, hey, maybe maybe there's even some five-stars that Oregon gets involved in, involved with late. You get them on campus for a visit, and they end up drawing their recruitment out towards that more traditional or the late, the second signing period in uh, February. So I think right now um, it's it's not looking incredibly encouraging. I can definitely admit that and tell you about that. But I think Aiden Breland's your best bet, and I think they have a better shot at Aiden Breland than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Um. Uh, Jiri with a uh, comment on the ratings uh, discrepancy that we were talking about earlier, uh, saying the reason there is a vast difference between sites is because most of the projection is a crapshoot. So many players look great on tape and never pan out. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Obviously, when you're projecting these guys, you're kind of trying to project them on what what kind of criteria do they need to fit to get to the NFL level. That's definitely kind of what you're shooting for, right? That's the gold standard of football, the National Football League. Uh, but it is hard. Uh, I think that unless you can get good quality game reps on a guy, um, pretty much regardless of position, maybe receiver or DB, if you're talking about playing with the pads off and just having good technique, route running, coverage, reading a play, stuff like that, um, you got to get good quality eyes on a guy and get some good uh, good film on him. But it can be kind of a crapshoot. I think that it's it's pretty hard. That's why you have those small batches of elite, elite guys, those five stars, those guys that are just so incredibly gifted. You're like, that guy's going to be a dude for sure. But at the end of the day, it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, what's up, cool brother, with a question. Thanks for the question. Talk about the Ducks' move to the Big Ten. Yeah, Oregon's move to the Big Ten. Uh, I'm a fan of it. I think obviously I'm excited about it from the recruiting side, from the recruiting standpoint, since that's what I do. That's where my passion's at. It only helps them on the recruiting trail. Uh, 2024 Oregon corner commit Dakota Fields even went so far as telling me that the move to the Big Ten was the green light for him to commit to Oregon. And uh, ultimately he was uh, flipping from USC. But this is good. I think this whole thing with the conference realignment, um, you know, it's just 
it's a it's a divisive moment maybe not divisive it's a decisive moment for college football i think conference realignment the way that i look at it is it's a moment in college football where you have the haves and the have nots you have you know minor football and big boy football right and that's what oregon's doing with this move to the big 10 i think they solidified themselves in the conversation for big boy football at least staying at the front of the conversation nationally if you have a good team, you're going to be able to do that, but it really did kind of feel like it was a bit of an uphill battle for the Ducks in terms of getting respect on the national level, playing in a conference like the Pac-12 conference. And it's absolutely crazy and maybe a little bit ironic that this is happening, this move uh, of USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA to the Big Ten when it is. Why is that ironic? Why is that weird? This could very well be the best year of Pac-12 football that we have seen in quite some time. And it is really sad that um, that this is probably the last year of the Pac-12, right? Cal and Stanford are going to the ACC. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, the four corner schools, they're going to the Big 12. So it's it's a sad development. But I think that Oregon is going to be competitive in the Big 10. I don't know if I'm going to predict them to win the Big Ten. Uh, it's interesting to look at the the development and the evolution of Oregon football, certainly in the national scene and, and the eyes of winning a national championship, getting back to the college football playoff, winning a game in the college football playoff. That was kind of where I was evaluating this team. What boxes do they have to check to be competitive and get back to the national championship? And I think that's still going to be how I look at this team. But now it's not, what does this team have to do to win the Big 12? Or sorry, Pac-12. What does this team have to do to go head-to-head and win against teams like Ohio State, Michigan, that are pretty much the perennial favorites to, to win the Big 10? And then a school like a Penn State, a school like Iowa, that is always super physical and gritty at the point of attack in the line of scrimmage. So... I think that Oregon is going to be able to make some noise in the Big Ten, but I want to see how they play against some of these Big Twelve, Big Ten opponents before I kind of talk about what they're able to do in the big picture, if they're really going to be able to, to win the Big Ten or at least be in that conversation. I think they'll be in the conversation, but getting to the Big Ten title game is going to be uh, uh, a challenge, I think, but it's one that they're capable of pulling off, so... Appreciate the question about the Ducks move to the Big Ten. Another one from Andrew, and then I'll get to some other questions here. Andrew said, one more. Assuming MSU Michigan State gets Jason Brown Jr., do you see the Ducks going back to work on Frazier or waiting to use the portal like they did with Bucky? Yeah, I think as of right now, uh, I feel like Nate Frazier to Georgia is, is pretty solid. It's, it's looking like it's going to be a hard commitment to move him off of. They've done it before. They did it with Jordan James, right? He was committed to Georgia. And then Carlos Laughlin got hired and was able to flip him away uh, from the Bulldogs after playing his high school ball in the state of Tennessee. But as of right now, between these two options, I think I see Oregon waiting to use the transfer portal like they did with Bucky Irving. There's always a bunch of high-profile guys at pretty much any position uh, certainly at running back, they were able to get Bucky Irving. They were able to get Noah Whittington too. Don't forget those guys came in at the same time from Minnesota and Western Kentucky respectively. Um, but I think that with the way Oregon's 2024 running back room is kind of projecting right now, Jordan James, 
Dante Dowdell, Jaden Lamar. I think that uh, and Dejon Riggs, right? I think that you want to add a little bit more experience and some production at that position. So uh, as if we're just choosing between Nate Frazier and uh, you know going back to work on that recruitment or um, the transfer portal, I think I'm I'm opting with the transfer portal. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowen Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else. And it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash. And they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back, no questions asked. So head to BowlinBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code RESTFUL15. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. B. Rabe with another question. What game is going to be Bo's best shot to get Heisman hype? Colorado, Washington, Utah, or USC? Wow, love this question. Really good question. You guys always get uh, you guys always get creative uh, with these questions, which is awesome. Um, I think if you asked me even like a week or so ago, uh, I wouldn't have really considered Colorado too much in this equation, but they look like they're going to be a solid team this year, and they certainly have some good DBs that he's going to have to go against um, as far as Cormani McLean and Travis Hunter. Of course, the respective number one corners in the 2022 and 2023 recruiting classes. Um, I think for USC, their defense, I don't really know what their defense is going to look like. Washington usually has a pretty good defense, but I think Bo's best shot to get Heisman hype this season, I got to go with Utah. Going on the road, if you can go on the road to Rice Uncle Stadium in Salt Lake City and come away with a win, over Kyle Whittingham and the back-to-back Pac-12 champion Utes, I think that is an absolute statement game, not just for Bo Nix. Keep in mind, if they win that game, that's not only a statement for Bo Nix and Dan Lanning, that's a statement for Oregon football. And I talked about that on a recent episode of the Locked on Ducks podcast with Spencer McLaughlin. Does great stuff. Go check him out if you haven't already. I bring him on the channel every now and then. Bring him on the pod. Love working with him. 
but uh, we kind of defer differed in our uh, predictions for that game. I think we both kind of had Oregon maybe slipping up against Washington on the road in Seattle, but I predicted that Oregon was going to win their game against Utah. I think that if Dan Lanning wants to get this program to new heights, if they want to get back to that conference title game that they haven't been to since 2021, I think winning against the Utes is a way to do that, and that would be a tremendous statement for Bo Nix, and it would definitely help him generate some Heisman hype because Utah and Morgan Scaley always, always have good defenses. It's kind of nice and refreshing, I feel like, to be in, at a point in college football where Utah isn't getting slept on anymore. Uh, I'm not necessarily a Utah fan, right? I'm just trying to look at this impartially. All they've done is just proven again and again that they are not to be counted out and that they are a good team, a quality team that is kind of always in that mix for the Pac-12 title late in the season. So give me Utah as the best chance of those games for Bo to, to generate some Heisman hype. Purple Pawnee, Purple Pony, Purple Pawnee asks, if something goes really bad for Florida, how do you like the odds? How do you like our odds of potentially getting Xavier Phil Simi? Phil Simi? Yeah, uh, Oregon was a was a finalist for Xavier Phil Simi out of McKinley High School, I want to say. Uh, McKinney High School in the Lone Star State, McKinney, Texas. For those of you that don't know, Xavier Phil Simi is a six foot one, 180-pound safety five-star recruit, according to the 247 Sports Composite, number 31 player in the country, number two safety, and the number eight player in the state of Texas. So I was actually feeling like not, I wasn't predicting Phil Simi to Oregon. I wasn't feeling confident that he was going to go to Oregon, but I felt decent about Oregon's chances to, to kind of make some noise in that recruitment and, and maybe be a, a legitimate contender in that one. But he committed a he committed to Texas, uh, sorry, to Florida, and that one kind of caught me off guard. But yeah, if if Florida doesn't have a good season, I think that you know these guys are impressionable. Uh, that goes for any recruit. But at the same time, I don't think that you only take into account one season as far as the bigger vision, the bigger picture for a, a program. But I think it would definitely make them vulnerable, right? It would make it easy to kind of negatively recruit them. Um, if, if you're looking at it from that lens of, of things. So um, I think that they would have a decent chance. Um, Texas is obviously a school that you got to watch for, for any of those in-state elite players. I think that Texas is always going to try to have a say, as is Texas A&M, <clears throat> Jimbo Fisher, and the Aggies. So I don't know. That'll be, a, that'll be an interesting one that we have to watch here kind of as it unfolds down the line. If you guys are watching here on the live stream, do me a quick little favor hit that like button, hit the thumbs up for me and subscribe to the channel. We are on the way to 2,500 subs. That is my next goal. I just feel like that number, the 2.5K would look real nice, but uh, just, uh, yeah, do me a little favor and like the video and subscribe to the channel. I always appreciate it. I like it when you love it and thank you for the support. Appreciate the question. Playboy1625 says, I know it might be super early, but which class do you predict will be better, 2024 or 2025? It is still super early, and I think it's early for a couple of reasons, right? I think it's early because there's still a little bit of a ways to go for Oregon in the 2024 class. I think there's still an opportunity to make some noise with um, with some of these guys down the line. So I think they have a better chance 
than people were giving them with some of these elite guys down the line. Um, I think they're probably going to finish top 10. Would not be surprised at all if they finish top 10 in 2024, which would leave a little bit to be desired because I think getting closer to that top five range is something that they were really going for. But that's why I had my recent episode. Does Oregon have some tricks up their sleeve in the 2024 recruiting class? Um, And then 2025, if you're just looking at the quality of guys that they have and kind of their average commitment in 2025, they only have four guys, but you have a a five-star in Dallas Wilson, according to the 247 Sports Composite, wide receiver out of Tampa Bay Tech in Florida. You have Achilles Smith Jr., who I spoke about earlier this this episode after getting to see him Thursday night. Adrian Wilson, baller of a wide receiver out of Pflugerville, Texas, Weiss High School, and then Chavez Samman Thompson out of Ugali High School in Melbourne, Florida. I love the national flavor, even though they only have four commits. Um, they, they, they're hitting and getting a, 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 an elite Southern California quarterback, which isn't something that they've done in a long time. Southern California is just always teaming with really good quarterback play. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, DJ Uyunglele, you know, and Oregon didn't get any of those guys. So it's refreshing to see that they prioritized one of the best signal callers in 2025 out of Southern California. And not only did they prioritize him, they were able to get a commitment. And I think because his dad played for Oregon, you can probably feel pretty good about that one sticking. And that was kind of his dream growing up is what he told me. So I think I'm going to say 2024, just because I have a better feel for that. And I think that uh, it'd be fun to see them pull off some crazy stuff in 2024 but I wouldn't be surprised if the 2025 class is a little bit better because you got to think maybe you have a full, really good 2023 season. You send some guys to the league, um, to, and that's going to generate more recruiting momentum and and you know good NFL draft development. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's 2025. It's certainly possible, but I think uh, there's still a lot of time in 2024, and that that cycle, that class could end up being a lot better than people might think. So. That'll do it for us on another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, another edition of the Oregon Recruiting Hour. Definitely appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me, talk some duck recruiting. Before we get out of here, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorresports. I'm going to be at St. Francis Academy versus St. John Bosco tonight to see Michael Van Buren and Ify Obadegwu. Make sure you follow me on the Ducks Digest Instagram as well, at Ducks Digest. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't already at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Share the podcast with your friends, with your family, and with other Duck fans. And then make sure you read all of my coverage of Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting over on ducksdigest.com. But until next time, appreciate you guys. Have an awesome weekend. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.